0: Hi, my name is Michael Hood, midfielder for New York Cosmos, and you're listening to First Team Podcast. Your host,
1: John Verschante Cosmos Country. Welcome back to another episode. On this show, I am joined by Teo Gote, the host of the NASL Nightcap. He covers the Ottawa Fury for uh, Total NASL and the podcast, the NASL Nightcap, uh, and we discuss the Ottawa Fury in depth. So here is Teo Gote. I'm here with Teo Gote, the host of the NASL Nightcap. How are you today, Teo?
0: I'm doing well. How are you, John?
1: I'm doing good things. So I'm really looking forward to, and we're both looking forward to, uh, the championship rematch. And it's on April 3rd. Everyone should be there. Even people from Ottawa should be there as well, Taylor. Do you think we should expect some uh, Ottawa supporters traveling down?
0: There will be some Ottawa supporters from what I'm hearing, hearing, but not nearly as many as the championship final. It's going to be a handful of, uh, a sprinkling of, of Fury fans in that section.
1: I remember you were telling me that the night before a certain figure, right? That was supposed to be there. Yeah. And did we ever get a direct number of how many Fury supporters were there or no?
0: I think the club is saying, the fury is saying that there were 200 fury fans. Mm-hmm. The supporters groups, uh, are, I, from what I've heard it is, was oh, just over a hundred. um, but I'm not sure. It wasn't clear if there was a hundred supporters there from the Bytown Boys and the Stoney Muddy Riot, mm-hmm. or if the club was also counting all the staff that came down from the Fury and all the non-supporter affiliated people that that made it down. So you're looking at between 100 and 200.
1: Yeah, there was a bre- uh, a big Fury presence, and hopefully there is something like that again because it really made the atmosphere the way it was. And uh, it's going to be a big rivalry come April 3rd. Do you feel that way or no?
0: I think that the rivalry is certainly picking up between New York and Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Um, But we talk about a rematch and I agree. It's two franchises that were in the final and the cosmos look a lot like who they were in November. The fury though, do not. (laughs) It's not the same players at all. So, the rivalry is at the supporter level, I believe, like between mm-hmm. fans. Uh, right now, the new, the Cosmos have the upper hand. Obviously, they won the final, so uh, the the Fury fans feel I think that they have something to prove.
1: But that's really where some rivalries start. Um, from, from the for fans sure. and then it goes to the players and they feel the magnitude of how important this match is but I don't think they're going to feel that just because it's the first match of the season I know both teams want to get the first three points of the season Um, and for the Fury and I was saying this before we went on the air that I, I personally feel that they want their revenge but you were saying that there's a, a lot, a, a lot of turnaround, different players coming through. So let's to touch on that. Um, you have a brand new manager in Paul Dugleish. He has mm-hmm. experience. He coached FC Tampa Bay uh, and the Austin Aztecs, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, so coming with the Fury, do you think there's a clear path or a clear project for pa- Paul Dugleish? Um,
0: it's hard to tell. It's early days. I haven't had a chance to go one-on-one with Paul uh, yet uh, the way that I was able to with Mark Santos, and that's not on Paul that's on me I just haven't had time to do that yet um, and it's really when I sat down with Mark Santos last season that uh, he was able to lay out exactly what the vision was for the franchise or, or his vision was a few weeks after that he <laughs> announced he was leaving so that was the end of that. Uh, but, I mean, every manager has a certain idea of what they want to do. Paul Galicia's manifesto seems to be all about attacking. He believes in exciting football and uh, to give the fans something to cheer about. He doesn't believe in, in going for the nil-nil result because it will get you a point. He believes in taking the ball and trying to put it in the net. That's That's his goal and i think if i'm reading him correctly he's willing to concede a few goals if if the end result is that they get 3 so you got some managers that are happy with 1-1 one, one or 0-0 nil, nil. Uh, i think he'd be happier with a 4-3
1: <laughs> do you like that style of play personally do you like conceding some goals if you get the 3 points um
0: i i like attacking football of course I like possession football. I mm-hmm. like uh, the Barcelona way uh, of being so good at passing that you don't give your, op- your op- opponent the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we look at a team like Leicester City this season, I have to admit that that's thrilling as well. We haven't seen a direct football played so well in a long time. And maybe the knock on direct football was that it had gotten so dreary that nobody wanted to see it anymore. But with Leicester City, what we've seen is the, that counterattack is so exciting. It, 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 you can't help but rise out of your seat when they get the ball and they just drive down the field right away. So, just to circle around to your question, um, it, it'll be wait and see with how Dalglish implements that. I know that he wants to go with a four three three. Which was the Dos Santos uh, formation, pretty much with variations, but four three three can be very different from one manager to a next to the next. So, um, another reason to be excited about the start of the season. It's going to be it's going to be interesting
1: to see what exactly the team will look like. And there has been some players pre- previously with the Fury. They handed in transfer requests. So let's touch on that because. That's worth noting because Marco Santos leaves, right? And now you have these players that are key players within the Fury squad leaving in a transition year.
0: Yeah. Um, it hit everybody pretty hard in Ottawa to see all these players want to leave because, like it or not, you take it personally in a sense. It is your city, and you're proud of it. It's your team. You're proud of it. And to have players say, yeah... It's nice, but I'm going to go elsewhere because the grass is greener. No no matter who it is or, or what the situation is, you, you do take it a little personally. Um, R- Richie Ryan was uh, a, an original member of the Fury. He was the captain from day one. And there were a lot of fans that took it on the chin when he put in a transfer request for essentially... Uh, nobody can blame him on a a personal level. I mean, he's doing for his family. It's not like you make uh, millions and millions of dollars in the NASL yet. (laughs) But uh, he he chose to move his family to Jacksonville because the offer was one he couldn't refuse. Um, And that was the case with a few of the players. Um, Tommy Heineman was our leading scorer. He was out of contract, so it's a different situation but he also left because Tampa Bay just blew what the fury could offer him out of the water. Some say it tripled his salary. I mean, how how can you hold that against a player? Um so the players that that did transfer out uh that was that was that situation we've since moved on as the as the off season has progressed, I think fans and i know myself have sort of looked at the situation with a little more positivity uh, and that's easy to do when you're signing players signing players is an exciting thing as you know right because the cosmos have also signed a bunch of players you've had your turnaround as well uh-huh. um so th- everything was going really well until this past week uh, where we found out that uh, Pablo Diego, which was one of their big signings from Fluminense, he was on a loan deal from Fluminense in the, in the Brazilian League. He played a match and a half and essentially tore his ACL, MCL, and whatever else in his knee. And he's back in Brazil. And I'd be, I'd be surprised at this point if he ever played a, an official game for the Fury. Um, so they had to go out and sign somebody else, and they did. They signed uh, an Israeli, um, I had it just just in front of me here, just give me a second, um, mm-hmm. an Israeli who was playing at Maccabi Haifa and Red Star Belgrade, some big clubs in Europe. Uh-huh. Um, his name is Idan Vered, and he's a winger. He's going to slot right in where Pablo Diego was supposed to be playing. Uh, but that's not the worst news that we got this week really in terms of the in terms of the drama involved in what happens with the team uh, we have a player his name is Brandon Paltronieri and he's played uh, a handful of games over the past couple of seasons with the fury but he was a fan favorite because he was such a such a positive he is such a positive player and he got a red card in his last match uh, against Rochester in the preseason. And the following match against FC Montreal, he was left at home. And when Paul Dalglish was asked about that, his reaction was uh, one of, uh, you know, he looked like a, a, I don't know, a headmaster at a school where he was really upset and was not very impressed with this red card. And his exact words were that um, Brandon Paul Tronieri, uh was left at home, left left off the squad, because the team were dealing with the red card internally. Uh, the red card doesn't carry over in preseason, and so they were dealing with it uh, internally. So fast forward a couple of days later, and Brandon is posting images on Instagram saying that he's going to FC Arizona. <laughs> So, we still don't have official word. This is four or five days later, and there's still nothing on the situation, except that that's exactly what the Fury are calling it. They're calling it a situation.
1: So, um, so if he does leave, that would be the sixth player, right? The sixth player leaving Ottawa. Oh no! There's so many, so many more. I okay. mean, it's it would be maybe the sixth transfer. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what I was getting towards.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's see here: uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that would be the sixth one. You're right. So it's a
1: lot of players in one off season. And now, how is the mood in Ottawa? A lot of turnaround, players handing in transfer requests, like you said. Uh, citizens in Ottawa take it to heart when players don't want to be there anymore. So how is the mood leading up to the opening kick at Hofstra?
0: I think there's a lot of realism that's set in. Um, I I don't think that the fury fans are high on expectations for this season. It almost has the feel of an expansion team because of the turnover, because of the new coach as well. Um, And look, Paul Dalglish is stepping into shoes that were revered by supporters of the Ottawa Fury. Uh, Mark Dos Santos was extremely popular here. And it's not going to be an easy thing for Paul Dalglish to just step into his role and, and have any success. I mean, he's going to have to have a lot of success for the Fury fans to say, Oh yeah, we're cool with uh, Paul Dalglish. Um, I don't think that just playing attacking fighting football is going to be enough when your predecessor and his team were able to go to the final.
1: And you did say that uh, there is a new captain in town, Julian de Guzman, uh, who I think he sh- well deserved the captaincy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Oh, he's the natural choice. There were there weren't that many candidates really. For the captain, see there,
1: Roman Payser
0: uh, uh, is our keeper. He was rumored, he was, a, he was a sort of a natural fit as well. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of experience, but uh, as many people said, it's not the best situation to have your keeper be the captain. Uh, if you want to talk to your, or to the referee in the opposing half, you can't run out and talk to him. You have to do it through an assistant captain. Mm-hmm. So you might as well have your captain be one of the 10 outfield players. So it was him, uh, De Guzman, obviously, and uh, Rafael Alves, the Brazilian defender who was uh, on the NHL's best 11 last season. Um, but Alves, his English is not 100%, so that, there might be a language barrier there for, uh, for being captain. But really, if you're going to be a team in Canada, and your your the the national team's captain is playing on your team. You're gonna make him captain. I mean, I think the only reason that Julian de Guzman was not captain last year is because Richie Ryan was the incumbent guy.
1: And does that bring new supporters in? Maybe that haven't heard of the Fury or haven't been to a match. Do you think naming Julian de Guzman the captain? Do you think that's gonna bring in new supporters? two matches this season.
0: I don't think it brings in a significant number but there is a something happening in Canada right now where the national team is taking on more and more importance in the public consciousness. We had our, our match yesterday in Vancouver against Mexico where 55,000 people were at the match.
1: That's then, a record yeah. mm-hmm.
0: for any that's a record for any national team of any sport in Canada. Uh, we've never drawn that many people to a, a national team match, whether it be hockey or soccer or baseball or whatnot. So that was quite the achievement for for Canada. Um, and the TV is not – the contract is now with TSN, which is the biggest sports network in Canada. They're picking up the games – and the other thing to take note of from yesterday is that uh, result aside, there were about seventy percent of those 55,000 were Canada fans. In the past, many home games for the for the Canadian national team have felt like away matches. You've experienced this a little bit with the US mens national team playing in places like Southern California or Texas where, a home game for the U.S. F- uh, against Mexico feels like a Mexican home game. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that was happening because there's so many uh, ethnic groups that live in the cities in Canada, uh, which is a great part of Canada, but they often revert to their their mother country when they're cheering in soccer, which wasn't always great for Canada. And so to to, to link that to your question, yesterday – Julian de Guzman was the captain of Canada and it was mentioned a few times that he and Marcel de Young, who were starters play for the Ottawa fury. If I'm a person in Ottawa who is a little bit of a snob about the quality of play that was being played, uh, in ASL, because I've never been to a match, I might say to myself, Oh no, wow, two players on our national team are starters for the fury. I, might go check this
1: out. That, I think, could happen. And, uh, yeah, and I saw a tweet that said that there were more players on the Canadian national team from the NASL than Canadian MLS teams. So that sort of shows you how important the NASL is in Canada.
0: Absolutely. You've got, well, you had the two Fury players and Nick Ledgerwood. Not a starter yesterday, but he usually is at right back, playing for FC Edmonton. And uh, I believe there was one player from a Canadian team, and it escapes me right now, a Canadian MLS team, and it escapes me right now which one that was. But, uh, yeah, it's it kind of shows you how important the NASL uh, is to the Canadian national program.
1: So I want to get your take on uh, a TV deal for the NASL. Uh, Do you think we may see one or a special one in Canada, maybe TSN or a local uh, media deal in Canada?
0: I've heard whispers that uh, a major sports network in Canada might pick up some NASL matches, but I haven't seen anything concrete, and by this time, we're a week out from uh, the start of the season and we haven't heard anything, so I, It might happen, but I haven't heard anything really uh, about that. At the local level, uh, I know the Fury, uh, it still hasn't been announced officially where they'll be broadcast. So that's where we're at for that.
1: Well, the Rowdies, they released their new kits and they released their local uh tv partner at the same time so maybe we might see something happen like that with the fury i think they're sending out their sneak peeks of their new kits and i think there is a kit launcher as well right
0: yeah wednesday night uh at the ottawa 67's hockey game there will be a uh kit reveal at one of the gates right yeah yeah and uh they're also going to reveal the major sponsor the shirt sponsor for this season. It won't be heart and crown anymore.
1: Uh, Maybe first team podcast, maybe. No. Well,
0: if you have that kind of cash lying around, John, uh, we would (laughs) welcome it.
1: Yes. (laughs) No. Yeah. I was just joking. Hopefully maybe like a, uh, that tire company, right? Is there a tire that,
0: Oh yeah. Canadian tire. Yeah. Yeah, There are a lot of companies in Canada that could step up. Canadian tire is uh, getting more and more involved with the game. Uh, with the sport in Canada, they're a major sponsor of the Canadian national team, and uh, so is um, uh, well. There are quite a few of them actually that that are signing up, and uh, let let's not mention them on this show because they didn't pay us. But yeah, <laughs> we'll hope for maybe a big bank or a big brewery or something like that uh, stepping up to to take over the sponsorship for the Fury.
1: What I would like to see on the uh, kits as a kit sponsor, I want to see Tim Hortons on there. Okay,
0: that would be another one, yeah. Yeah. Tim Hortons could be uh, – they're already involved. They have a program called uh, Tim Bits Soccer, and it's for youth soccer. They, they finance a lot of that in Canada, so it would be a natural fit. But They're involved,
1: and they care about the young soccer kids out there. Yeah, they do. And maybe we can throw a Tim Hortons in a TD place as well. You know what I mean? So it sort of just (laughs) raises their brand a bit. Uh, I think a lot of people know about them, but they need a bigger presence in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: And what are your expectations for this season? Do you see the Fury making it in the top four in the overall table? Uh, Do you see a a Voyager's Cup run? Where do you see the Fury? going in 2016?
0: That's an interesting question, especially that you added in the Voyagers Cup, because I hadn't really thought too much about it, although that's really important. Um, in the table, I'd be really surprised if we challenged for the playoffs. Uh, I think that we don't really know what we have uh, as uh, as a cohesive unit because of the turnover. These players are not well-known. Uh, they they don't know each other that well. And we saw with, with the start of the franchise uh, two years ago that it takes some time for, for things to gel when you have so many new players. And some players won't make it to the end of the season. There will be new signings. Before you really get that starting eleven that you're comfortable with and can take somewhere, uh, sorry about that, okay. um, it, it takes some time to gel. Unless you're the New York Cosmos of what three years ago, so um, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if we do anything much. I kind of see the season as a, a gelling season, mm-hmm. sort of for Paul Dogleesh to get a feel for what he has, and um, I'm going to say that they'll finish in the in between sixth and ninth.
1: That's a. Okay.
0: What? Voyagers Cup. You asked me about Voyagers Cup, mm-hmm. so um, it's a cup. So you can you can do anything really in a cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go on a run, uh, you, you have a good chance of pro- pro- progressing. FC Edmonton will be the first opponent, as they usually are, and I sort of see the Fury being on an equal footing right now with FC Edmonton, and I wouldn't be surprised if this year uh as opposed to the past of the two, the last two, the fury could beat Edmonton and finally have a home match against an MLS team, which I, I'm telling you, the people in Ottawa would react to very well.
1: And in, in the past for our listeners, if you guys don't know, uh, every time the fury would play the Eddie's FC Edmonton, they would just get beat on that second leg. Right. And, uh, It just wasn't going well. But hopefully this year, the Fury can beat the Eddies. Uh, And like Teo said, uh, playing that home match against an MLS club. And hopefully that just brings the city together and just drives them to uh, success within the league.
0: Yeah, this has always been a plan of the Fury management is to do well in the Voyagers Cup to be able to bring in those big crowds. A, a match against the impact, I can't tell you how exciting and electric that would be. Um, you would have a lot more people coming to the game to cheer on the Fury for that match, but you would also have a very healthy traveling contingent from Montreal. It's only a two-hour drive. And the exposure, I mean, once you get to that level of the cup, uh, you get national television coverage, and you get a lot of media coverage as well. So it, it would be really fantastic for for the Fury as a brand uh, to make it to the next round of the Cup.
1: And talking about the impact, uh, Jogba wouldn't be complaining about turf because uh, TD Place has grass, so he would be a big draw uh, no, as well.
0: TD Place has turf, actually.
1: Oh, it's turf. My apologies to no, everyone that's at fine. TD Place. Uh, it's because
0: of the CFL team; they play American football, well, Canadian football, on uh, on the grass on the on the field. So they need the turf, mm-hmm. or else it would get totally yeah, destroyed sure. uh-huh. by the football players.
1: Just to note: it, it, it's the best turf out there. It looks like real grass. Uh, yeah, it's just, really good. It, yeah.
0: it's the turf that was brought in to really the the the, the main purpose. Of that turf was to host the Women's World Cup last summer. Yeah. So you needed to have the absolute best field turf possible, which is what they brought in. And it shows. It's it's a pretty high-quality surface. Um, especially, and it looks good, especially when the, the football
1: lines aren't visible. And the Women's World Cup, like you said, was held there. Uh, do you think, like, fan-wise, do you think you saw a different, like, what stadium is this or, or Mm -hmm. who plays here? was those questions asked or did they buy tickets? Like, I think the fury had a, had a presence during the world cup.
0: They had a, they had a small presence during the world cup. They had a um, sort of a, a booth set up Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: at one of the gates where you could buy fury gear and it sort of put them on the map
1: (laughs) internationally. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, From just observing, I know that the Fury attendance saw a bump after Mm -hmm. the World Cup. Uh, Now, it's hard to really uh, focus in and and determine if that bump was due to the World Cup. Was it due to its summer? (laughs) Right? Uh, People are off. and and Or their soccer being played a week by week. Was it because, exactly, was it that the Fury were succeeding and the buzz started growing? It's really hard to to zero in on Mm -hmm. what the increase uh, was due to, uh, but there's no no doubt that everybody who comes to the stadium for the first time is incredibly impressed. They love this stadium. It's it's a beautiful stadium. It's the best stadium at NASL, uh, from what I hear from league officials. And when they come to the stadium, and when you have sellouts for the women's game at the World Cup last last year. There's no doubt that people want to come back. They say, wow, this is a great place to be. It's not just the stadium. It's also the area around it that's been developed with incredible restaurants, some some shopping to do. It's it's a really well-planned out city center. And there's no doubt that people wanted to come back after experience, experiencing it for the first time uh, for the World Cup. And there's no doubt as well that a lot of people were there for the first time for the World Cup. So it's whether or not they saw a bump from it last season. I I think they would see a bump from it this season uh, as well. The women are all, the Canadian women who did not play in Ottawa last year because the, the schedule did just didn't work out that way um, are coming to play a friendly against Brazil before the Olympics, and so you're going to see that crowd come in again, and mm-hmm. it's going to maybe have the same effect as last
1: year. Can you inform our listeners uh, about what's around TD Place? Like, does OSEG own any, like you said, restaurants or bars? Do they own any property around TD Place? OSEG
0: is essentially the owner of the entire complex. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. They're partnered with the city. The city does see some control over that area, but most of it, uh commercially anyways is owned by Oseg and they rent out s- commercial space to restaurants to shopping mm-hmm. uh areas there's a park um uh, some really cool stuff the farmers market the Ottawa farmers market is also located there so on sundays uh you'll see an entire area that sells fresh produce and cool yeah crafts and, and that, st- that stuff it's it's become really uh a hub where people go on weekends and the restaurants that are there, they're high quality, um, lots of new restaurants. It's not, there, there are chains like there's Jack Astor's and, and a few others, but there's also some, some independent restaurants that I've opened up and uh, everyone that I've been to has been top quality. Um, and I know that, just talking to people in Ottawa, they're excited about this area. I was last week. I was talking to a colleague who who was saying to me, "I love just going there. Mm-hmm. It's given Ottawa a true meeting place, and well, the stadium's right there, so <laughs> uh, it it can it can have a, an effect in in bringing people to the games."
1: So a weekend for you really is like go to the city center in Ottawa and then hit up a uh, go to a uh, a fury f- f- match.
0: Absolutely. For me, yeah. uh I I I go a lot uh, to uh, to Lansdowne and to to that area. They have a movie theater, they have like a Cineplex and it's <laughs> the yeah. restaurants. When I do go to a Fury match, because I go to that area so often now, it's not necessarily uh a whole experience that I go for a Fury match. Usually I'm working. I I write for for your website Total NASL. So I tend to get to the stadium early and leave a little later after all the interviews. So mm-hmm. after that, I'm ready to go home, but I do go to the area even when I'm not going to check out the fury. So um, it's, it's really, really a good, good place to come. And if you're f- listening from out of town and you're thinking, which city should I go to, to experience uh, NASL, let's New say York, you maybe? Do a soccer tourism thing. Well, you should have Ottawa on your, on your map because, It's it really is a a great place to come, especially with this new area where you wouldn't have to go very far to experience a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, I just asked that question because uh, the Cosmos, they have their stadium proposal and they want to build a hotel. They want to build restaurants and uh, shops and stores and everything. And I just wanted to uh, get a feel of how it was in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, it's really fantastic summer. Don't look at the winter <laughs> pictures from Ottawa if you don't like winter because they'll scare you off oh. but uh, summers are just as fantastic as uh, anywhere on the northeast uh, part of North America. think uh New York or Chicago or Philadelphia, and Ottawa's just the same in terms of weather and you'll you'll have a really nice experience and if you're coming from uh, the u s uh, you have the advantage of having a, a currency that's currently uh, much better. <laughs> so it will be a cheap vacationer for you.
1: Yeah. So just buy your, uh, summer house in the Ottawa city center somewhere. <laughs>
0: there you go. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So let's talk about the kit launch. Cause that excites a lot of people. Some people okay. are so into kits and they, they make are. a Twitter account for kit for kits. Um, <laughs> so are you one of those guys to start out with?
0: No, I'm not, but okay. I was saying this yesterday to someone actually, um, I was saying I don't like I like a nice jersey, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not one of these people that's hanging on every hint of a new <laughs> jersey or or asking when the, the kit's going to be launched or whatnot. But I don't judge that because if that's your thing, that that's fantastic. I, I really appreciate that. That's cool. Um, so the kit launch for the Fury is uh, this Wednesday. We know it's Adidas uh, and that's a huge change. We had Admiral in the past, and I think there was. Although the I loved the jersey uh, design, mm-hmm. I loved the, the the stripe down the middle. It looks like it looked like uh, Paris Saint Germain, mm-hmm. and our, our road unis were like that. Those two panels, one red, one white. white. Yeah, it looked like Feyenoord's jersey. Um, that's changing. Um. I don't know how much it's changing, but it's Adidas. So go out there and look at pictures of Adidas jerseys and you'll get a good idea for the type of template they have.
1: They're just, I don't, they're just like Nike. They don't change uh, their templates for any team.
0: Yeah. And I think that's too bad. That's a, that's, that's too bad. I think every team should have its identity and mm-hmm. the largest part of its identity is, is it's uh it's jerseys. It's a uniform. So, um, we saw some, some leaks, not leaks, they're, they're there's controlled leaks, yeah. Yeah. teases by <laughs> uh, the Fury management. And really all we know is that there's some red, shocker. And some black, uh, wow. And some black, yeah. So not really anything going on there. So um, yeah, uh, we'll be able to see that on Wednesday and I'll be heading to that event to uh, to check that out.
1: He's just going to have it live for us on Periscope now.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think the team will probably have it live for you oh, on Periscope. Oh, real?
1: Can't wait. <laughs> can you give us a teaser? Like, do you know any insides uh, of the kit? Like, can you reveal anything different from last year or no? Uh, no. All
0: I know is that we're getting a new sponsor. Okay. Um, yeah. The theme has been tight-lipped. I've tried because I know how much people want this information. And so I've I've uh, I've pestered the communications team to to give me some sort of hint. I know that uh, one person on the communications team was willing to tell me that he really liked them. Which I mean, of course, he will. Uh, he's not going to say anything else. <laughs> but I believe them though. Like I think he would have told me if if he wasn't a fan. Um, and. He, he, he did say that he liked what he's seen, although he hadn't seen it in person yet. And that, for a jersey, could be make or break as well, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. It can look like uh, like crap on TV or on, in, in photos, but if you see it in person, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, I get it now.
1: Yeah, I, I was saying that about the uh, new Cosmos kits. I like them, but I want to see the players wear it while they're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to see how it really is. Uh, that shouldn't change people's minds of should I buy it or not. Um, mm-hmm. But the Cosmos is a great kit and Adidas as well. Uh, joining forces with the the Fury, that should be a very, a very exciting move. And before, like you said, they had Admiral. They were a decent kit provider, but I, I think Adidas should take you to the next level.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I like the design in the Admiral kit. I didn't like the quality at all. Yeah. Uh, It it felt a little bit on the cheap side, Uh and I know that Adidas, you won't get that. You're going to get yourself some really quality material.
1: So Sunday, April 3rd, that's the day that we're all looking forward to. Um, 6 p.m. is uh, the kickoff. Uh, Tail. he's going to watch it somehow. We don't know how (laughs) he's going to watch it, but uh, hopefully the – Hopefully, the Fury know what they're doing and they get a deal put together before uh, April 3rd. Uh, Please, Ottawa, get Teo a deal. Please, please, please. Um, (laughs) I want to get your uh, thoughts on the match, your score prediction. Where do you see uh, April 3rd heading late Sunday night?
0: So, I think the Cosmos have a leg up. On the fury uh, yeah. psychologically, and I think they have it also on the field on paper. Um, let's see here a score prediction. I think the Cosmos will win this match. And uh, just a caveat that I I'm terrible at predictions, but uh, I but think sometimes you Cosmo- get them right. Yeah, well, <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice a day. But uh, I'm going to say that the Fury will lose to the New
1: York Cosmos 3-1. And is that you just predicting off of what you saw on Twitter? Because like preseason, right, there isn't that many streams. So you really can't get a good look of the team going into the season.
0: Well, the thing with the Fury is they didn't really test themselves. Mm-hmm. They I saw two preseason matches. I saw one against their academy. Which really, you have to call that an in, an intra squad game. Yeah, and they also had a match against uh, FC Montreal, which I traveled to Montreal to see. But FC Montreal is in third division USL, so also, and they don't do they didn't do very well in USL last year. So those were two matches where they were clearly the, the superior side,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: but they weren't testing themselves the biggest test they got was when they went out to Arizona and played the Indy 11.
1: Yeah. That's a great Uh, test because it's in your league. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have to face them once this season. I mean, you're going to face them a couple of times this season. uh, So you have to get it right in preseason. Right. But then I looked at, I look at a team like Tampa
0: who had that tournament in January or February. Mm -hmm. And I see that they were taking on MLS teams. well, if you're doing well against that, then you know you're on the right path. We don't know if the Fury's on the right path. Indy Eleven has not been high quality in the past two in the first two seasons of its existence. Yeah. And who knows if they're good this year. They've lost a lot of games to a USL teams. So we really don't know uh how good or bad the Fury is. Yeah. We're gonna find out on on next Sunday though, because that's the cosmos. It's a team that's gonna be in the playoffs uh, hopefully pro- like 90% you know like and we'll see what what that is and I, I I just don't see the the talent
1: overcoming
0: the Cosmos team
1: and I think it was after your after the the fury preseason match against FC Montreal Paul Dugleish in his post-match press conference and he well it really wasn't the post-match press conference he was just to the side of the field yeah uh, we were just
0: interviewing him uh, post-match yeah. uh, on the side of the field yeah
1: you, you were there and uh yeah. he said this quote and i'm just paraphrasing here he said we don't have to worry about the cosmos they have to worry about us
0: yeah well i mean we i think he was, was it, just right? being optimistic
1: <laughs> like we can beat the cosmos we can do it like just pumping up his guys but mentally they're like well they're the cosmos you know what i mean
0: yeah, I think that's exactly what he's doing there. He's playing the psychological game, and it's, that's his job. I mean, he has to make his team believe that they can beat the other team. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's part of that uh, you know, intelligence war is to put that out in the media, and uh, hopefully the players will read it, and they'll see that, hey, our coach believes in us. He thinks we're scaring the cosmos. So maybe it's just uh, part of that
1: game that they play off the field. Do you believe in his games? Like, do you believe that can happen? Or is that just like a miracle come Sunday? I wouldn't say it's a
0: miracle. Um, they're not that far apart. <laughs> I just think that right now the cosmos uh, are better than the Fury. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I could be wrong. Maybe you guys I could see.
1: be like. T- 10 miles in front of us. We never know. You know what I mean? You never
0: know. In Maybe pre- Nico Kranjar has, you know, put on a lot of weight <laughs> and he doesn't move well and we'll just own him through the midfield. Well, he's gaining his know.
1: fitness at the moment. so uh,
0: Gaining fitness, yeah. Yes. That's what they call that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't
1: know if we will see Nico Kranjar, but if we do, I expect a lot out of him. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on the Canadian Premier League uh, because... It's a very exciting prospect to think about. I'm not Canadian by any means, uh, but the Canadian fans, soccer fans, Canadian players, Canadian teams, they need their own league, and uh, you're a Canadian, so I want to get your thoughts uh, on the Premier League. Do you see this happening in the next five years? I think it's happening.
0: I think there's no doubt that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and just from the comments from the uh, Canadian Soccer Association's president Victor Montagliani, he's pretty much said that it's it's coming together. They're going to have something soon. Um, so we we don't have much more detail than that, except what Dwayne Rollins at uh, Two Solitudes mm-hmm. has has reported that it's going to be you know between uh, six and eight teams to start that uh, there seems to be resistance from FC Edmonton to join this league. The three MLS teams obviously won't be in the in the, in that Canadian Premier League. Um, Ottawa is more of a wild card. Nobody's really sure uh, one way or another uh, which way they're leaning. Um, but uh, it, as a Canadian, the way that you put it there, <laughs> I definitely want to see this league happen. We are the only developed country in the world that does not have its own soccer league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we want, everybody wants Canada at the World Cup, but then how do you want that to happen if we're relying on the good heart of MLS teams in the U.S. and NASL teams in the U.S. to play Canadian players? No, that's not how you develop players. You develop players through your own infrastructure, and if they're good enough, then they can go out and and play on mm-hmm. other in other leagues in other countries. That's where it happen. That's how it happens everywhere in the world, uh, except here. Here we expect the the American um, infrastructure to just take our players and 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 make our national team for us. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way to go. I, you really need to have a bunch of academies, a bunch of development systems, and bring those players through from a young age to a professional level and then see what happens.
1: But the American infrastructure, that's how it is in other sports. And I I think that's the problem with soccer in North America is we have trouble sort of breaking that down and saying, well, this is soccer. This is football. This is how it's supposed to be played. This is how it's supposed to be done.
0: Yeah, and you say that it's the same in the other sports. Well, I'll take hockey for example because Mm -hmm. I'm in Canada. We have an infrastructure in place from the youngest of ages. Like you can be three years old and you start your first real hockey program, Um, and you're brought through every year. There's a different level. Every year you have coaching that's that's up to par and they bring you through all the way to your high school years you don't play high school hockey you play like in a league Mm -hmm. uh the ontario hockey league or the, the quebec major junior hockey league and then it's just like in the states where you get drafted into the nhl um and that and if you look the majority of the great hockey players in the world come from canada that's not uh, a coincidence it's not a coincidence that the best baseball players in the world come from the u s because that system exists there, so you really have to put on a, you know you really have to look at the situation logically and say we will not have the best uh, or world cup worthy uh soccer team mm-hmm. until we have our development in place properly.
1: And you're saying that it's sort of happening now in a way. It's in the works. It, it, it's in the process. Uh, so, personally, what do you think? Like, do you think we may see this in a year's time? I know it's so unknown at the moment, but what do you think as a timeline for this Canadian Premier League?
0: Well, for a while there, it looked like it was possible that they would launch in 2017. I think that date has passed. Uh, you can't put together uh, an expansion team much, but like you can't put an expansion team together that quickly. Ex- well, if, unless you're Rio KC. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, much less a league. I mean, that just—I certainly hope they wouldn't do that because this is going to be. They get one chance at this. If they mess this up it's going to be another couple of decades before they try it again. So they need to get it right. And right now it's looking like 2018 would be the earliest that this would, you know, get off the ground. Uh, they need to start making announcements about this soon so that preparations can happen and not in secret. There's just a limited amount of things that you can do administratively. If you're doing everything in secret, if the word gets out there that, The Canadian Premier League is a real thing and there's going to be this number of teams in these cities. Well, then at that point, you can start people can start hearing about it and being drawn to it.
1: And I I think people are drawn to it right now. Uh, You're talking about it. We're talking about it. We're excited about it. We want to see the future of Canadian soccer um, become bet become the best qualify for the World Cup and just go as far as they could and develop the great talents in Canada so I know the mls clubs are not going to uh are not going to join because of so much money that they invested and they're in MLs and they just can't do it but say if we lived in a better world and uh, <laughs> if they could join, imagine uh canadian mls clubs joining the Canadian Premier League, that would be huge. Um, These big clubs, or within the North American soccer pyramid in a way, these big clubs, uh, some great players as well, great soccer-specific stadiums, so you're bringing in these top clubs to a brand new league.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if we're entertaining this fantasy of, of MLS clubs potentially coming to the CPL, I don't believe it, but if there was one club that would do it, I think it would be Montreal. They're the ones that have been a little more reluctant to uh, spend a lot of money in MLS, and I think the structure of the team and the the financial situation of the team would be better suited, maybe, to the CPL. Vancouver and Toronto, forget about it. These are not uh, teams that are going to entertain the thought of, of going a level down.
1: So, just in your mind, Montreal, maybe, if uh things don 't go their way,
0: yeah, I think it's a very small possibility uh but i I wouldn't put any bets on that if I were a betting man,
1: and he's not he's not okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's just plug your uh, podcast n a s o nightcap. a lot of people enjoyed it 's very popular out there, so Let's give a big plug. Where can they follow you? Where can they listen to NASL Nightcap?
0: NASL Nightcap. You can get it on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to it through uh, Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, I'm on there with uh, a whole bunch of other sports podcasts. You, some a lot of people know about the Two, Sol- the Two Solitudes podcast mm-hmm. with Kevin and Dwayne Rollins. Uh, they have a whole bunch of other podcasts, including the NASL Nightcap. And uh, yeah, like you said, we've been really pleased at the response that we've been getting. Uh, it's, it's when you go out and you start a project like this, you kind of don't know if there's an audience for it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, we found our audience and it, it seems to be going well. So we're going we're gonna to keep plugging away and, and put out an episode every week as much as we can.
1: And uh, are you excited for April 3rd? Oh, absolutely!
0: I, listen, it's winter is long in Ottawa, <laughs> and to not have a meaningful go, game to to go to since November, it, it leaves this huge like gap in my soul. It's I, I want to see football. I want to see these guys play. Uh, I've seen a few exhibition matches. It's just not the same. It was indoors. Nothing beats going outside spending the afternoon watching these guys play. And I love the game so much that I just can't wait to, to have a meaningful game to watch, knowing that the results are going to show up on the table, that if a guy gets two goals, well, then he's off to the races for, for best scorer in uh, in the league. And I, I just can't wait to get out there and really experience it again. It's I miss it so much.
1: I'm very excited for it. Uh, Sunday, April 3rd, Hofstra. Uh It's really like the best match of the spring season. It's the rematch. Uh, and the atmosphere was great. And hopefully the atmosphere replicates on Sunday night. It's the same night, the same day on a Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> the F- Some F- F- Fury supporters are going to be there. We don't know the number yet. But even if there's like 10 of them, they bring the noise. And they did bring the noise. And they bring everything with them when they came for the championship, match, So I'm very excited. Tail's excited. Give him a follow, NASL Nightcap. It's sure to be a great one. Listen to his episode, really, uh, before the NASL season kicks off. Uh, it's going to be a great one. Thanks, Tail, for coming on, and hopefully we can have you on real soon.
0: Well, thanks for having me, John. It was a pleasure, and uh, good luck with everything.
1: Thank you. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at One Team Pod. Like us on Facebook. And uh, we are going to have a lot of content coming out throughout the week Cosmos content leading up to uh, the Fury matchup. So that should be very exciting. Uh, we have some things in store that we are not going to say on this show, but we will release it throughout the week. Also, I want to give uh, a special thanks to Tail uh, for coming on the show. Uh, I know he he has a very busy schedule uh so thanks tail for coming on uh and just gonna tune out here but we will um, discuss the upcoming match in depth uh in the coming days so thank you everyone for tuning in. My name is Jean Freshante and we will talk soon and as always that's going to your cosmos.